Thank you. Love you. How many of you love your pastor right here? Wasn't she a blessing? Wow. You know, she's just real. I like that. She's real, you know. It's, it's uh, rare that when you travel everywhere that you can really find someone that you connect just instantly like that. So what a blessing. I'm so glad I got to be here. I got to drive all the way through the snow. Not really. A little bit of snow. Uh, last week I was preaching in Louisiana, and this little kid's like, I've never seen snow. So they were asking me to describe it. I'm like, if you want to see some, just come to my place. Not too far from now, right? But how many of you are blessed to be here tonight? We're blessed. We're going to receive from God. Would you mind standing up one more time? You know, you can stretch a little bit. And those little brownie things were good. Oh, my goodness. I'm like wiping off the evidence. It's like, okay, weren't, weren't they good? Anyways, uh, we're going to expect. Let's expect. So let's just close our eyes and let's just thank God tonight. Lord, we just praise you for speaking to us tonight. Thank you that you brought every single person here tonight. Lord, we know that uh, we're not here by accident, but we believe it's a divine appointment for every one of us. And we just thank you that you, you brought us to this place to receive from you tonight. And Lord, I just thank you in advance for encouraging each and every person. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for working things out in our lives. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for healing. Thank you for increase in every area of our life. We are expecting. And so we thank you in advance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you believe that? Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Oh, I love the Word of God. How many of you love the Word of God? Yes. And I love the Word, especially around this time right now. Um, we all know the story of Christmas, of course, being the Christmas season. Uh, but I love the verse in Luke 1, verse 37. Luke 1, verse 37. Matter of fact, if you read the whole Christmas story, um, you know the angel came to Mary and said, you're going to conceive. And then she was like, ah, oh, come on. How's that going to happen? And then the angel said, the Holy Ghost is going to come on you. It was just powerful. And then, of course, in Luke 1, 37, it says, for with God. Nothing shall be impossible. Say it with me. Say, with God, nothing shall be impossible. One more time. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Okay, how many of you believe the word of God? And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same what? Yesterday, today, and what? forever, right? So today, it's true that with God, nothing shall be impossible. I'll tell you, uh, about two Christmases ago, so two years ago, I was getting ready. Once again, I was preaching in Louisiana. It's funny. I guess Thanksgiving time is my Louisiana trip. And I was getting ready to leave. It was on a Thursday, and I'll never forget, I got a phone call. Um, my very, very close cousin, I was told that she had some breathing problems, so she went to the hospital, and the next thing you know, she ends up in a coma. And so they called me, and they said, she's on life support. And so we get to the hospital and, and uh, everything. I actually went to the hospital the next morning on my way to catch a plane to Louisiana. And here she was in a coma, hooked up to life support. You know, they said, she's probably not going to make it through the night. But with God, 
Nothing shall be impossible, right? And with God, all things are possible. So the good part is she has a sister who's also a believer. She's a Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, spirit-filled believer. You know, one of those ones with lots of faith and will believe for anything. And so I said to her sister, who I'm real close to, I said, do you have anything in your heart that you feel like the Lord's putting on your heart? She said, well, every time I pray, I keep getting that thought, Lazarus, come forth. Because her sister was on, you know, just about gone. But she said she just kept having that thought, Lazarus, come forth. In other words, if God can raise Lazarus from the dead, how many of you know with God? All things are possible. With God, nothing shall be impossible. How many of you know with you and with me? Sometimes we're in trouble. But with God, right? All things are possible. So her and I went to the scripture in the book of James where it says, Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. It says, Let him pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. How many of you ever read that? James. The next verse says, and, I love that. You got to keep reading sometimes, don't you? And, it says, and if he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. So this was the good part. I was thinking about this cousin, and she hadn't always lived for the Lord, the one in the coma. And I was reading James, and it's like every time you look at Jesus, Jesus didn't heal somebody because they were good or bad. Have you noticed that? He said, wait a minute. Let me check their list and see what they did right and wrong before I heal them. He never did that. And it says that, and if they've committed sins, they'll be forgiven. I go, God, you're so good. It's not like she could ask for forgiveness in a coma. She can't even talk. Come on. So I had, we had to step in and begin to pray on her behalf. So we went and we laid hands on her. So that day I prayed. And I said, I'm getting ready to go to Louisiana. Now, she can't hear anything. All the doctors think I'm a little bit crazy, right? I said, so don't go anywhere. I'll be back in a week. And I left. Now, I really was believing. I mean, I had my faith out there. So I came back after Thanksgiving, and she's still in the coma, and they're telling you how bad it is. It's getting worse, and she's got all these fevers. They're trying to get the fever down, can't figure out what's causing the fever, giving her all kinds of medicine. Nothing's working. And so this went on. Well, do you know that she stayed in that coma all the way through Christmas? So her uh, other sisters and myself, it's a big family, we all got together for Christmas, and she's in the hospital. And some of them are really depressed and discouraged. But me and my believing cousin, how many of you thank God for believing people? They're always positive, and sometimes they can be irritating. They're so positive. But there she was, and we're like, we're not going to be depressed because we're believing for a miracle. So we started thanking God that she's coming out of that coma. She'll spend Christmas with us next year. I mean, we were just staying with it. How many of you know if you're going to believe God, you got to go all the way? You know, because it's like this. If you're really trusting God with a situation, how many of you know we can't really be believing God about something and be depressed about it at the same time? We really can't. Now, I'm not saying we're not going to be tempted to be discouraged, right? Because we have feelings. But if we're truly trusting God in a situation, whether it's something really big like that or something, you know, smaller or whatever, if we pray about something, we're truly believing that the Lord's going to turn that situation around, then you know what the result's going to be? Joy and peace. You know how we know that? The Bible says the God of all hope will fill you with joy and peace 
in believing. See, when we turn that thing over to God, that problem, we give it to God. Then we can get in faith. We can get in believing. And then the result's going to be joy and peace. Isn't that good? Joy and peace. You know, this time of year, I think the devil comes to try to steal our peace big time. And he comes to try to steal our joy big time. How many of you aren't going to let the devil steal your joy anymore? Come on. Anybody passed up some opportunities to lose your joy lately? Yeah. How many of you know the devil uses people? Yeah, you go, oh, I don't know, that's that person. But he, he does use people. Sometimes he'll reach out through the mouths of people to say something to you to try to steal your joy. You know, I got together one time with a bunch of lady preachers. This was funny, but it was over Christmas season, the Christmas holiday time. And there was a bunch of lady preachers in the room. I was the quietest one, if you can believe that. But there was a bunch of them, and they were all sharing their different stories of things that had happened as they traveled around the world preaching. So this one lady got up, and she said, I was preaching this sermon. She goes, it was real good, and I was just going after it. It was fiery. And she said, right in the middle of my sermon, my false teeth came flying out. <laughs> She's a little older lady, you know. And uh, I said, what did you do? She said, I caught them in midair, put them back in, and went right on preaching. <laughs> Might as well laugh, right? Another lady said she was uh, laying hands on this guy, praying for him, and her watch got caught on the guy's toupee. So she's praying for him. It's like, oh, his hair's coming off. Come on. She's like, we got to laugh a little bit, right? Come on. Uh, this, this other lady said she was preaching on live television. Now, I've done that before, too, but not, well, not like what she did. But she was preaching on live TV, and she said she was preaching a message called, It's the Devil. That was the name of her sermon. And she was preaching, It's the Devil that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You know, that was her message. And right in the middle of her sermon on It's the Devil on live TV, her slip fell off. <laughs> Wearing a skirt, her slip falls off. I, I said, What did you do? She said, I went, It's the Devil. It's the Devil. Then she looked into the TV camera. She said, you just witnessed a miracle. I lost 42 pounds, and you saw it live. <laughs> Might as well laugh, right? Yeah. Probably my favorite one is the pastor that did the baby dedication, and he holds the baby up to the Lord, you know, and he says, blessed is the fruit of the loom. <laughs> so he's like, oh, I mean womb. Okay, anyways. How many of you know... The devil is after your joy. You know, sometimes I think the devil tries to make us feel if we're not really, you know, serious and discouraged and down that we don't care enough. You ever hear people say, this is serious stuff. What you laughing about? We need a miracle. You know what I'm saying? They're like, come on, don't you really care about that kid? You're not stressing out. You're not so worried. Don't you really care? How many of you know we're supposed to cast our cares on God? And, and give it to God. Really, when we're, when we're letting the joy of the Lord rise up in us, we're trusting God. Listen, if, if you believe God's working it out, how many of you have prayed about some stuff? Come on, let me see your hand. You've prayed. All right. How many of you know it's the prayer of faith that changes things, okay? So you got to stay in faith about it. Don't doubt. Don't doubt because you don't want to do without, right? If you doubt, you do without. So you believe, you receive, okay? So don't, you'll be tempted to doubt. We all are. But you know what? Just, just go, God, I'm really trusting you. So if you're truly believing tonight that God's turning that thing around, then you're not going to stay discouraged anymore because you know the answer's on the way. Oh, how can you stay down when you know God is bringing you out?
God's bringing the answer. That's awesome. Well, we kept doing that for my cousin. We kept thanking God. Christmas passed. I brought her a Christmas present. I mean, she's, here she's in this room, and I, I go put the uh, Christmas present there. The doctors are in, and I'm talking to her. I go, oh, you could wake up anytime now. If you'd like to wake up now, you can open up your present. They're like, woo, come on. I just kept on going. I brought things into the room, you know, because it was just so stale and dry looking. You know, I brought CD player. I put a whole a cassette on her head, you know, cranked it up. I'm like, she has to listen to the word now. I mean, you know, she cannot get away. Get that word going. But we did all that, and we went, and we laid hands on her. Just like if someone gives someone a dose of chemo or whatever, we're giving her a dose of life. Because the Bible says he who has a son has life. So we just believe. We prayed over her. We're just putting that life of God in her, believing, you know. So Christmas passed. Then uh, came New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve comes and goes. She's still in the same spot. And so they said to us, uh, you know, started talking to the family, you got to, about pulling the plug and all of that, you know. Well, guess how many days passed? It was like day 39, day 39. And I went up to the hospital like I'd been doing every day. I go up there. And I went up there, and when I walked into her room, you know, the bed was empty. You know, yeah. And, it, you know, it was made up, and you're thinking. I thought, no, 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 no. She must have woke up because I'm fully expecting it. Amen. Now, I'm tempted to doubt, but I'm, no, I'm, I prayed, so I'm thanking you, God. Well, I left. I went straight up to the nurse's station, and I said, uh, when did my cousin wake up? See, I didn't go saying, did she die? No, I'm not expecting that. You go, what if she have died? Well, then I, then I would say, praise God, she's with Jesus, but she ain't there now. I'm believing for something else. So I went in there, and I said, uh, when did my cousin wake up, and where did you send her? Do you know that nurse looked at me, and she said, Wait a minute. She said, nobody knows that. None of the family know that yet. Who told you? You know what? I looked at her, and I said, guess what? I got inside information. <laughs> Isn't that good? Information inside the word of God. Come on. My answers are right here. This is how I knew my cousin was going to wake up. Now, she thought someone in the hospital told me. She thought I had it in and there. No, but I got it in right here in the word. How many of you know you have an in, an inside information, inside God's word? The, the victory is yours, that kid's coming out, that child of yours. Come on. You know what the Bible says? Listen, how many of you got a, a child you're believing for? Okay, I'm going to give you two scriptures that you'll, you'll love. Proverbs 11:21. It says, the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. So you call that child Delivered. Whatever's binding them, call them delivered. Then in Isaiah, Isaiah 54, 13, it says, All your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be their peace. Ooh, that's good. All, say, all my children. See, God even knew about that soap opera when the Bible was written. It says, all my children. But that's what it says. So instead of saying, I don't know what I'm going to do with that kid, or they're, you know, they're off doing the wrong thing, say, no, 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 no. No, I declare, all my children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be their peace. I declare, Proverbs eleven twenty one. my seed, the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Come on, I don't even have kids, and I love those scriptures. Tell you, if I had them, I'd be praying those verses. I got those from my mama because she prayed them over all our family. Okay, that's how I know I'm so good. She drilled it into all of us. So I get to pass it on to you now.
See, so you can have joy knowing what God said in his word. Well, my cousin woke up, and so I ran down to her room, you know, to see her. And she, to her, it was like she just took a nap. So I'm talking to her, and I wanted to know if Jesus appeared to her, if she saw anything. You know, she goes, no, didn't see nothing. It was just like I took a nap and woke up. I said, oh, well, some things have happened since you've been sleeping. Like 40 days have passed. Like Christmas, you slept through Christmas. You slept through New Year's. Okay, talk about awakened. Hallelujah. You know, we don't want to be like her sleepwalking through life anyways, do we? We want to enjoy what God has for us. Don't sleep through your assignment. Wake up. God's got good things for you. He wants you to enjoy your life. The good news is, remember in John 10, 10, Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. The Amplified Bible says, I have come that you might have and enjoy your life. Woo, that's good news. You don't sound too excited about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can enjoy your life. Say, I can enjoy my life. Come on. All right. So the good news is this. I mean, my cousin made a full recovery, and last Christmas, so this was the next Christmas, we were all together on Christmas Day, all the sisters and my cousin and I, I actually have a picture. I took a picture of her when she was in the coma. Can you believe it? Because I was believing, you know, she's going to wake up. It's like you're going to want a before and after picture, right? So I actually took the picture. I have it on my cell phone. I sh should have shown it, but I took the picture. But I waited for her permission until she woke up to say, can I share this? I held on to it all that time, believing she's going to wake up. It's so awesome. So then we took the after picture. It's like, whoo, God is good. Well, I was preaching in, in um, a monthly meeting I do there in Warren, where I live, near Detroit. And I was preaching at a monthly meeting. And a lady came, and she works at the hospital that, I was, that my cousin was at. And she said a doctor told her, he, he was a Muslim doctor, but this Muslim doctor said to her, we had this woman in a coma, and she should have never woke up. And he's telling the whole story, and he goes, and she has some evangelist cousin who speaks another language I've never heard. Maybe she's from another country. I don't know. But he said she's a believing evangelist or whatever. And he said it sure does pay to have someone in the family that's connected to God. Oh, come on. And we got to tell him what happened. Well, while I was at the hospital, we started praying for other people. They were leaving the ICU. So this Muslim doctor says, that evangelist girl is cleaning out our ICU. Isn't that awesome? And I said, well, he's got it wrong because I'm not the one doing it. Jesus is, but you know the principle anyways. How many of you know all things are possible if we will believe? Hang on to your believing. Don't you give up. Come on, God has answers for you. God has wisdom for you. Now, when, when the angel told Mary that she was going to have Jesus, you know, the first thing she said was, how? Somebody say how. Okay, how many of you are a hower or a wire or a winner? Have you ever said, how, God? How are you going to work this out? How many of you ever said, when, God? When, because some of you are whoers, you go, who, God, who you going to use? Okay. But, you know, that's a good question. But Mary said, how, how? Like she believed, but she said, how? And the angel said, the Holy Ghost. Somebody say the Holy Ghost. How many of you know that's the same way all your problems are going to work out? The Holy Spirit is going to get involved. And when you invite him to get involved, 
Oh, come on. The Bible says he's our comforter, our counselor, our advocate, which means lawyer, Woo! our intercessor, our strengthener, our standby. I mean, just like he helped Mary. Come on. He's going to help you in those situations. You know what? The Holy Spirit is the best counselor you could ever have. I mean, would, would you feel good if you had a counselor that was like, let's say, number one in the country? And everybody who goes to this counselor, I mean, they're better than Dr. Phil. Way better. And you, let's say you had an appointment with that counselor. How many of you would have a little bit of confidence? You'd be kind of glad. I mean, well, listen, the Holy Spirit is a genius. And he's the best counselor you could ever have. And you can go to him and talk to him about your problems and your situations. And do you know he's got the answer for every problem that you're facing right now? And if you'll ask him, he will lead you and he will show you what to do. And even while you're waiting, God will give you such joy and peace. Come on, the Holy Spirit is there to help you. How many of you know the Holy Spirit will help you in everything? He'll help you forgive. How many of you ever felt like, I just can't forgive that person? How many of you know forgiveness isn't a feeling, it's a decision, right? And I think sometimes we get it mixed up because we think to forgive means we agree with what they did wrong. But that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness says, as an act of my will, I'm just, I choose to forgive you. Now, you might feel like killing them. But you choose to say, Lord, I forgive them. And you know what? The Holy Spirit will help you to forgive. He will help you to let that go. The Holy Spirit's your comforter. Come on, if you're hurting right now, a lot of us have loved ones that have gone on. I do. I know you probably do. How many of you have some loved ones that are in heaven right now? They've passed on, gone on to be with the Lord. Well, you know, the good news is the Holy Spirit will comfort you. He will comfort you. And I think sometimes he's just waiting for our words to agree. How many of you remember what happened when Elizabeth was with child and her husband, uh, what was his name? Zechariah. Remember? Uh, he went to say something about it, and the angel shut his mouth. Well, that's powerful right there. When you get home, read. You're like, no, when you get home, I'll tell my husband to shut up. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't say I said that, please. But read Luke 1, okay? When you get home, you'll like it. But you know that, that it was so important that he not speak words of doubt against the situation that the angel shut his mouth. Woo! Come on, God showed me sometimes we could have some powerful things happen if first we just start by shutting our mouth. In other words, stop saying the negative thing. Stop saying how it is. Stop saying how bad it is. Stop saying how hard it is. What does the Bible say? Let the weak say, I am what? strong. Let the poor say what? I am rich. So we got to say what God tells us to say. It's really easy to say, oh, I'm weak. Oh, I'm tired. How many of you ever said that? Oh, these kids are driving me crazy. Oh, come on. Yeah. So first of all, it'd be good if we just stopped saying those things, right? Negative things and start saying what God says about you. What happened to Mary? She received favor, from the Lord. How many of you know the Bible says you are favored of God? Matter of fact, it says in Psalm 512 that God has blessed the righteous, you and I, with favor. It says it, it surrounds us as a shield. You know, one of the things I pray often, I'll say, Lord, I thank you for the favor of God on my life. And I pray to, I say, Lord, I thank you that anybody who comes in contact with me today, they're going to bump into my favor shield first. Come on, because you got the favor of God surrounding you right now. 
I mean, it works in big things, and it works in small things. I was flying uh, one time. Well, <laughs> lots of times I've flown. But this particular time, I was flying back from Italy, and a friend of mine was with me here from Michigan, actually. And so from Milan, Italy, I think that's how you say it, Milan, 11 hours. Or Milano, some people say it like that, I don't know. Anyhow, the girl with me helping at the book table, her family's FBI, full-blooded Italian. Anyhow, I mean, they have it in their spaghetti in their bottle as a baby and everything. No, they don't. But from Milan all the way back to Detroit, it was 11 hours, so 11 hours going, coming. So, uh, so we flew over there in not-so-great seats, you know, like smushed, you know, and you're sharing your seat. You ever, oh, okay. I have stories of the people I've sat next to. I'm sure they got stories on me, too. But anyways... We fly over there, and so we land. I said, oh, we're going to pray for favor. I go, we are not going home like we came. How many of you believe you're not going home like you came tonight? I'm believing you're going home different. I said, but we're going to pray. Let's pray for favor. Now, my friend, she was like, I don't know if I could believe for that. I go, I want to pray for first-class seats home. She goes, oh, I don't know if I believe that. Do you know how much money that would cost? You know what I told her? I go, I didn't say we're paying for it. Are you kidding me? No way. I said, but we're going to ask God to make a way. And so she said this. She goes, I don't know if I could believe for that. I said, that's okay. I said, this is what I want you to do. Just don't speak against it. Just don't say anything. I'll pray. You agree. She said, I could do that. I said, okay. So I prayed. I'm like, Lord, you said you'd give me favor. I'm preaching for you. I'm an ambassador for you. I'm pleading my case. Come on, I go, God, I'm an ambassador for Christ. How would an ambassador fly first class? I'm just reminding him. So... I'm going after it. And then I said, now, Lord, see my doubting friend right here? I'd given her a hard time. I said, okay, God. Now, I'm asking you to give her first class just because she's traveling with me. Let her be blessed. Let her have some of my favor, God. You know, I'm giving her a hard time. I prayed. So the whole time, I wasn't there very long, but the whole time, every time we prayed over our food, over our meals, I'd, I'd end it and go, oh, and thank you, Jesus, for two first class seats home. I mean, I did this the whole time. So we get to the airport. Nobody gave us money to, you know, upgrade. I wasn't on an on, on a airline that I fly off to where I could use miles and upgrade. It was a totally different one. So we get there, and she's saying, well, it didn't work. I said, hey, it's not over yet. We got our seat. I said, we're not even on the plane yet. Come on, it's not over yet. Well, we get there, and uh, the first thing that happened to us, we were downstairs checking our luggage, and they go, this, this flight's booked. You don't have seats. My, my friend goes, hey, before you prayed, at least we had seats home. Now we don't have anything. I'm like, that's because they're in first class. They just don't know it yet. Anyhow, finally the guy's like, Ch -ch -ch down there, you know. He goes, oh, I found you some seats. He's like, you're not going to sit together. You're both going to be in the middle. In the I'm like, oh, no, no, no. First class. Anyways, he prints out our boarding passes and gives it to us, you know. So my friend's like, see, well, we got our boarding passes now. I go, it ain't over yet. I said, I don't care what God has to do. I'm believing. I'm not giving up. Come on. I, I said, I don't care if the Lord has to speak to the pilot. Give him a vision or something and tell him my name. He needs to get to know me. I don't care if we're like on the runway, ready to leave. I said, that pilot can come over that intercom and go, Kate McVeigh, come up here to first class. Okay. Anyway, anyways, like whatever. So we get up there and my friend gives her her ticket, you know, goes through the thing. And she starts walking down the board. I give my ticket, and it goes through the thing. And when it went through that little machine, you know, my, my ticket went beep, beep, made a noise like that, beep, beep. And I'm like, ooh, 
I got excited. Like, whatever. I never heard that before. I was getting out. Beep, beep. I'm like, woo. I was so excited. The lady goes, there's something wrong with your ticket. Wait a minute. And then she calls my friend back. She goes, hey, hey, come back here. Something's wrong with your ticket. And my friend turned and looked at me. She goes, no way. I go, yes, something's wrong with the ticket. I mean, I was so excited. So she comes back, and the lady takes both our tickets and tears them up right in front of us. My friend's eyes went like that. And so she reprints two brand new tickets, and she says, I don't know how this happened to you ladies, but you just got upgraded to first class. <laughs> Woo, come on. Isn't God good? So I said, give me those tickets. I'll show us to our seats. Come on. It was awesome. And she says, man, this is so good. She goes, Kate, I need to read your favor book. I mean, I'm like, you haven't read my favor book? So she's like, oh, I wish I had a copy right now. But it was awesome. She came back here, and her and her husband, they own a carpet store. So she's telling her husband, they started praying for favor, for, you know, to grow their business. And they moved out of the building they were in. They had to go to a bigger building that year. And she's like, Kate, that favor is working. Come on. Listen, God wants to bless you with favor in every area of your life. Listen, he wants to take care of the hard things, and he wants to take care of the little stuff. All he needs from us is faith. Just believe in him. Believe he wants to do it. He loves you. He cares about you. The Bible says God will perfect that which concerns us. So every detail of our life he wants to take care of. He just needs our faith. So we're going to give that to him tonight, right? Would you stand up? I want to pray for you. I hope you got something out of that. I lost an earring. I knew I stepped on something. That was my own earring. I thought maybe some of those brownies fell out of my pocket or something. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. There you go. Isn't God good? I just want to pray for you. Ladies, let me just tell you, you know, of course, you know, you hear us preach, and you, you may think everything always goes perfect for all of us, but it doesn't. We have our challenges, all of us preachers. We get, we get disappointed sometimes just like you do. But the thing is, you got to keep your faith strong. And no matter what the devil brings to discourage you, get your eyes back on God because he will help you. He'll help you, and what you believe for will come to pass if you just don't give up. Amen?